Oh, there we go. I had to yell for a second to figure out when it was coming on. You guys doing good? Yeah, I like it. I like the energy. Follow your bag. We'll save that for later. All right. Hey, well, uh, I'm excited tonight. Tonight, uh, we're, getting, we're starting a new series called Elephant in the Room. Uh, and I'm super excited to start to kick off this series. I love that every chair is filled, but almost every chair is filled. So if you're sitting in the back, you should come sit back here because there's some room over here. All right, we got to squeeze in the chair. Yeah, I know. We got to like fill these chairs, right? No one sits alone. Come on. I don't know why you're clapping, but um, all right. So I'm excited for this. One announcement they didn't they uh, they missed though was uh, uh, fill out your connection cards. Sorry, Emma, but you guys missed that one. That's okay. That's all right. It happens. So uh, make sure you fill out your connection cards. They're actually on your chair this time. Um, so fill those things out. We want, we want to be praying for you um, and uh, want to know how to do that. All right? So like I said, new series talking about elephant in the room. And we're going to spend some time talking about uh, the, the topics, these topics that are in our culture, in our world, that are, that are actually pretty difficult uh, to talk about, right? It's like it's like most of the time they're this giant elephant sitting in the middle of the room. We all know it's there. We all know that these things are are, are in front of us. We all know that they're happening, but they're, they're none of us want to talk about them because we're afraid to talk about them. And tonight I want to uh, kick off this series and and talk about the reason that we're afraid to talk about them, the reason that that we're, we're that that we avoid them. Because we, through this series, we, we want to do our best to, to not avoid them. We want to do our best to walk into these conversations uh, in, in a loving uh, way and motivated by love. That's what your, uh, the title of this message is tonight, is that we should be motivated by love. So the, our culture around us, we're just going to jump right in because uh, I don't want to take too long tonight. So our, the culture around us creates this, around these topics, creates this idea that you have to choose a side. You guys know what I'm talking about? You have to choose a side. You got to be either pro this or you got to be pro that, right? You got to be for this or you got to be for that. If, if you're on this side, then you can't at all associate with that side. You know what I'm talking about, right? And if, if you're on this side, then I can't talk to that person, right? It's, it's like this us versus them, right? And it's like, I'm, I'm against them, so I can't talk to them, right? When I was in high school, I played water polo. Anybody play water polo? Yeah, yep. Um, so I played water polo and I played for Central, which means uh, that we sucked, okay? So we were terrible, right? We were awful at water polo. I mean, we weren't awful. We were decent, but we just played people who were way better than us, okay? And so we played Clovis schools. And because we played Clovis schools, Clovis was, like I said, way better than us. They were like prodigies in the water, right? Like they were just ridiculous. And so uh, we, every time we played Clovis school, a Clovis, uh, Clovis school would come to Central, right? And they would come to Central, and, and we would look at them like they're the enemy, right? Like they're the enemy. We can't talk to them. We would be sitting in the locker room hanging out, and they would come in, or, or they would walk onto our pool deck or whatever, and, and we would just, it would be silent. Because we, we can't talk to them. That's our enemy, right? And, and before the game, we were like, we're better than you, so we can't talk to you. We're better than you. We're bigger than you. But then we'd play the game, and... Then we'd walk off the pool deck with our heads down, ashamed because we lost 20 to 2, right? Like, it was awful. But they were our enemy, and we saw them that way. And if we started talking to them, it was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You can't talk to them. That's our enemy. And this is how we treat people in our world today when we face these difficult topics. 
right? When, when someone starts talking about these things, it's like, man, you're my enemy if you don't agree with me, right? If, I say, if, if someone says the word Donald Trump in a room, everyone goes, whoa, wait a second, right? What's he going to say? Hold your chairs, right? Back up. You know what I'm talking about? Like someone says that name and everyone freaks out. It's like just me saying that name it makes everyone feel like I'm against you, right? It's this us versus them that our culture has created, right? That our culture preaches. And guys, this is what the devil wants for us. He wants to divide us, but God wants to, unity. God wants us to find unity in these things. And so that's what I hope that we can see tonight. See, we're all a part of these different groups. Each of us, okay, all of us, we're, we all have different groups that we're a part of, right? So we have these, these in-groups and these out-groups. We're going to talk about this tonight, how there's in-groups and there's out-groups. Each of us are a part of in-groups and out-groups. How many of you are girls in here? Raise your hand. I'm not going to raise my hand because I'm not, but if you're a girl, raise your hand, right? Okay, come on, girls, raise your hand higher. Seriously, okay? You, if you're a girl in here, that's your in-group. You're a girl. I'm not, it. I'm not a girl, okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm not. And so because I'm not a girl, I'm a part of the out-group, okay? You see how that works? The girl's in-group. I'm a guy, so I'm on the out-group. I'm a guy, so that's my in-group. Your out-group, if your girl is, you're a girl. You see how that works? Raise your hand if you're an athlete. Athletes, where you at? Yeah, that's an in-group, right? And then we got different ones in there. If you play uh, water polo, if you play basketball, you play baseball, you play soccer, you play, right? All these different, these are in-groups and out-groups, right? We, we got band, we got whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? You see how this works? In-groups and out-groups. And our world says that because you're a part of these groups, you can't associate with the other ones. That the other ones are your enemies and that you're forced to choose a side. You're either, you're either a Republican or you're a Democrat, right? That's what the world says. You're either pro this or you're pro that, right? You're either for or against the police. You're for or against gun control. You're for or against this. And because of those things, you can't associate with the other side. But I want us to see that there's a different option. And there's something else that God wants for us. So let's keep looking at this. How many of you guys know who Ellen DeGeneres is? You guys know who that is? Okay, check out this picture. This picture was taken of her at a football game. You guys seen this? Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about? This picture was taken of her at a football game, and uh, she was sitting next to, who, you guys know who that is? George W. Bush, he was a former president, right? And, and this picture was taken, and, and like people were pissed at this picture. I mean, angry because of this. Because Ellen was sitting next to George W. Bush, and the reason that they were, that they were angry about this was because there's these two different groups, right, that these people represent. What do they represent? Well, George W. Bush, he's a Republican president, right? Former Republican president. And not only that, but, but he voted on a bill, he, not voted, but he endorsed a bill as president against gay marriage, okay? And so he's a part of this group. And then there's, there's Ellen DeGeneres, if you know anything about her, right? She's a TV show host in Hollywood. She's a liberal. She's, she's, uh, she's in a gay relationship, and so they're completely opposite groups. And so people were pissed that they were hanging out with each other, right? Why? Because the world says that they can't hang out with each other. They have to be enemies. And I, and I don't agree with a lot of what Ellen says, but I love what she said in, in response to this. And she said, well, but he's my friend. And I can still be kind to him even if I don't agree with him. Because this 
is what I want us to see tonight. The big problem is that we can't love the people in our outgroup. There's another article that I read. Uh, it's this next picture. And uh, this one um, is about a girl named Isabella Chow. If you want this article, I can send it to you later. Your leaders can because I sent it to them. And uh, this person, she was a, uh, or is, I don't know, uh, a, a part of the student government at UC Berkeley, okay? Student government at UC Berkeley. And she decided there was this vote that was going to happen, and this vote that, that was going to happen that, that was uh, for, uh, like, gay marriage, LGBTQ, like, all, all of those things, okay? There was, I don't know exactly what the vote says. The article doesn't say exactly what it was for, but it was pro-LGBTQ, whatever, right? Like, it was for that. And she's a Christian. She believes that, that, uh, that marriage is between a man and a woman and that God, that's how God designed it. And so she believes that. So she decided, I'm going to step out of this vote because this is what I believe in. She didn't do anything to hurt those people. She didn't do anything to, to say anything. She just, she just stepped back. And because she chose to step back, people reacted. People reacted in, in hateful ways. People said, you're being hurtful. You're killing people. They told her awful, mean things. And they said, just because you choose to step back, you are hating people. And, and she, she puts out this statement. She says, listen, I, I, I've, she, I'll just read it for you. She said, I, I've, I have said and will always say that discrimination against or harassment of any person or people group is never, ever okay. And so she says, listen, I am for you. I don't believe in what you're doing, but I'm for you as a person. I'm, I will never be okay with discrimination against you. But she says, but, th but this is what I believe in, and so I have to take a step back. And then it goes on to say that, that people spent three hours, she sat on a stage, and people spent three hours hammering her with vulgar comments about who she was as a person. Because the world says that if you're not for, a, if, if you aren't for this thing, then you're my enemy. In fact, someone says to her, it says, you, you either fully support this vote or you're out. You see this us versus them? See how this works in our world? There was this, there, not only does this happen in our world and in our culture like this, but guys, this happens in our church. I don't have to go very far to find where the church has hurt people because of these things. In fact, there was, there was a time when, when I was, a few years ago, um, I served with Sunshine Ministries, they're the ministry that does houseboats. When you go to houseboats, you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? I served at Sunshine Ministries for a few years, and with Sunshine Ministries, I was a boat driver, okay? And one of the, one of the uh, churches that I drove for, they came up, and there was, a, there was a church leader, like a counselor, on one of the boats, the boat that I was on, uh, and he was an a, a older guy, like probably 60s or whatever. He was an older guy. He was a really old-fashioned guy, Okay? And he believed, he believed really passionately that women only belong in the kitchen, okay? And so he, he would say some things that were awful and terrible and, and just horrible about people on his boat. In fact, there were, there were people who he made so uncomfortable that we had to take a girl sunshine staff off of our boat, off of this church completely, because they, he made her so uncomfortable. There were times where he would walk up to some of the girls that he, like, 
was leading as a church leader. There were, there were girls that, would, that were barbecuing that he would walk up and take the, take the spatula or whatever they were doing and say, no, you need to get off. This is, for, this is a man's job. You need to go back in the kitchen. Terrible, awful things. This is horrible. And I had to be the one to step in and say, no, 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 you're wrong. This is not okay. But he was angry. And it became this us versus them. And it became this bigger problem. You see how this works, guys? It's this in-group and out-group. I believe this, so I can't be, I'm your enemy. Us versus them. It happens in our world and it happens in our church. There's a different story that I want us to look at. And it's in the Bible. And I want us to see how Jesus responds to this in-group and out-group kind of thing. I'm not going to go through and read it, but you guys can look it up. It's in John chapter 4. I just looked at it for reference. I'm just going to tell it to you so that for the sake of time. But, uh, but there's this story in John chapter 4 where, where Jesus, Jesus and his disciples, they're walking and they're going to another town and, and, and they have to pass through this place called Samaria. That doesn't sound good. And they're going through this place, this place called Samaria and uh, and, and Jesus stops, and he stops at a well, and he says, all right, you disciples, you guys keep going into town, and you uh, go get food and whatever, right? So he says, you guys go. And so Jesus is sitting there by himself, and, and, and all of a sudden, this woman comes up. She's a Samaritan woman, okay? Now, let's just pause for a second. Let's just look at, remember the in-groups and out-groups I told you about? Remember, you guys know what I'm, remember what I told you, how in-group, we're all part of groups, and we're all part of we have in-groups and we have out-groups, right? So let's just take a second and look at the in-groups and out-groups in the story, okay? Jesus, there's, there's an in-group uh, that Jesus is a part of. Jesus is a man, right? Jesus is a man. Jesus is a Jew, okay? Jesus is a Jew. And Jesus is a religious leader. Jesus is the Son of God, right? But, but he's a religious leader. Like if we just look at his earthly person, right, human, he's a, he's a man, he's a Jew, and he's a religious leader. Okay? This woman, this woman is a woman, right? She's a Samaritan. And we're going to find out in a second that she's a sinner, that she's an adulterer, that she's had five husbands and currently living with someone that's not her husband, right? We're going to find out in a second about that. But, but do you see how these are opposite Groups. In fact, these were so opposite that, that Jew, Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. They hated each other. The, the Jews called the Samaritans half-breeds. They didn't like each other, right? They, they, they hated each other so much. And so it was like this us versus them thing. You see how this happens in our culture that it's not just today, but this was happening back then. And so here's what Jesus does. I'm a part of this group, Jesus says, but, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to meet you where you're at in your group. And so he sits down at this well. This woman comes to get water. And she comes to get water and Jesus talks to her. And she says, well, can you give me some water? And she says, whoa, wait a second. She even recognizes it. She says, well, you're a man. You're a Jew. I'm a woman. I'm a Samaritan. You're not supposed to be talking to me. And she says, whoa, wait, wait. And then they go through this whole thing and they go back and forth. And Jesus finally, she, he tells, him about, tells her about living water and says, right, like, 
like the eternal life. He's trying to tell her about all this stuff. And, and, and he says, look, if you knew who you, who you were talking to, then you would ask for living water and you would never thirst again. And all of a sudden she says, she says, well, can you just give me the living water? And he says, he says, okay, well, go get your husband. And she says, well, well I don't have a husband. And he, Jesus says, well, I know you don't. You've had five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband, right? So let's just pause for a second. Jesus doesn't deny the truth. Jesus is motivated by love, but he doesn't turn his back on the truth. There is truth. And Jesus is, is confident in the truth, but he's motivated by love still. And so the conversation keeps going, right? And, this, and, and, and they go back and forth, right? And the woman even tries to change the subject. She tries to go back to the us versus them. And she says, well, well wait a second, because, because the, the us, the Samaritans, we believe that you worship over here. And Jews, you believe that you worship over here. And so she start, tries to start this argument. But of course, Jesus is Jesus, and he knows better. And so he says, wait, well, well, wait, because there's this Messiah coming where when, when he comes, he's going to make everything right and better. And it doesn't matter where you worship, but who you worship. And, and so he describes all these things, and he says, listen, I am that person. And so what is Jesus doing? He's meeting this woman where she is. He's going beyond the boundaries of these in-groups and out-groups and saying, I'm going to be motivated by love. I'm going to love you no matter who you are or what you've done or what you believe because you're a person created by God. And so Jesus, do you see how this is different? You see what Jesus, how Jesus acts is different than what our culture says and how we should act. And so Jesus is motivated by love. This is how he calls us to act when we disagree with someone. To be motivated by love, and confident in truth. That's your first feeling. Motivated by love. We must be motivated by love and confident in truth. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. I skipped it. It's on your outline. It says, for the, for the love of Christ compels us, since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. And so it says, listen, the love of Christ compels us that everything we do, we should be motivated by the love that Jesus has for us and for that person. That everything we do, we should be focused on the fact that Jesus loves that person. There's this other story that I want to share. We looked at how Jesus responds. There's this, this other story that maybe you've heard about, but if you've ever watched the news or if you've ever heard your parents watch the news or heard about a story or something, you've probably heard something about Black Lives Matter, yes? Yeah? You've probably heard something about police shootings. You've probably heard something about these, these big, crazy topics, these difficult things to talk about. Yes? You guys, yes, have heard them? Well, there was this shooting a few years, I think it was a few years ago, where this woman police officer, a woman, a white woman police officer, she walked into, uh, she, she was coming home, okay, she was off duty, she was coming home, and, and she walked into uh, what she thought was her apartment, and so she walked into the apartment, and there was a person sitting at the table. It was an African-American man, and she thought that it was her apartment, so she just thought that it was someone breaking into her apartment and sitting at her table and stealing her things. So she decided that she was going to pull out her gun and shoot him. And so she did. She shot him and she killed him. And it was this terrible, horrible thing, right? 
And all of a sudden there's these protests about Black Lives Matter and, and all this stuff, right? And, and it's this horrible thing that she did. And then there's this, this trial, like a month ago or so. And, and this guy, he died. And so his brother, this guy's brother, he gets up on the stand. And he gets up on the stand and, and, and he says these things. If you want to watch the video, it, it's a powerful video. I'll send it to you, or your leaders can. I encourage you to watch it. But he says, he, he looks at this woman who shot his brother. Do you think he, ag- he agreed at all with her or what she did? No, completely disagreed. But he looks at this woman, and he says, I forgive you. And he looks at this woman, and he says, I don't even want you to go to jail. I don't even want you to go to prison. Now, now, in my heart, like when I watch this, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. That's a little too far, right? Like, like she deserves to go to prison, so she deserves something. But no, no, no. His own brother says, you killed my brother. I don't agree with you, but I love you and I care about you. And so I, don't, I, I want the best for you is what he says. And he says, I hope that you choose to follow Jesus. That's, that's his words. Go watch the video. And then he looks over the judge, and you'll, you see the picture. He looks over the judge, and he says, can I get up, and can I, hug, can I give her a hug? And so he stands up, and this woman who killed his brother, he stands up, and he gives her a hug. Because this, this is what it looks like to fight against this us versus them. When the world says that, that these people can't get along, that police officers and African-American people, that, that all these, like the, the world says that it's us versus them. This is what it's about, that we're motivated by love, by Christ's love for people. And there's people that are still angry and upset that he even did this because our culture has created this, it's got to be us versus them. And if you don't agree, then you're my enemy. Romans 12.8 says this, If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I love this. As far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on you. Do everything you can to live at peace with people. If you disagree with someone, man, go talk to that person and figure it out. Don't get angry and start this, you're my enemy because you disagree with me. Do everything you can to live at peace. So what do we do when we disagree? There's two things I want to give you, and we're going to be done, and we're going to go to small group and talk about this, but but two things. First thing is this, own your blind spots. Own your blind spots. We all have blind spots. Remember those groups I was talking about? Because each of us are a part of different groups, because we've all grown up differently, because we've all been a part of different groups, we have blind spots. We all see the world differently, right? Each person, the person you're sitting next to, doesn't see the world the same as you see the world, right? I mean, it's like this. Look, I've got these glasses right here, okay? I'm going to give you guys some of these. Check these out, Emma. Put these glasses on for me, okay? Yeah, come on. Don't look scared. They're not going to hurt you, okay? Here, put these on. Yeah, why not? Don't tell me no. Come on. Okay? I don't know. Someone else put them on. Okay? So put the glasses on. Don't just, like, look at them. All right. So there's these glasses. 
what do you see? Can you see me? Kinda, right? But it's a little blurry and it's a little bit yellow, right? Can you see me, Emma? Not really, right? It's, it's a little black. You're, what? What are you doing? I don't know what that is. Can you see me, Jackson? Those ones are clear, right? Here, here's the difference. You might be able to see the same thing. You might be looking at the same thing. But because of your group, because of your, 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 the, your in-group, the things that you've been a part of, the way you've grown up, you see it differently. So Joanne sees it a little bit yellow, right? Emma sees nothing because it's covered in black. <laughs> Jackson sees the whole thing, right? We see things differently because of the way we've grown up, because of the groups that we're a part of. No person sees the world the same as you, right? We can think about it like this. How many of you are right-handed? Raise your hand if you're right-handed. Look at that. Lots of people, right? Right-handed. Now, raise your hand if you're left-handed. Now, look how many people are left-handed. Like five, right? Like none of us, okay? Left hand, you're the minority. I'm sorry, but you are, right? And the world was made for right-handed people, right? I mean, think about it. Like if I'm going to go to the store and I need to buy some new golf clubs, I wouldn't because I'm terrible at golf, but you pretend, right? If I'm going to buy some new golf clubs, I'm right-handed so I can go find some right-handed golf clubs pretty easily, right? If you're left-handed, it's going to be pretty difficult, right? Like you're going to have to go special order them. You're going to have to go to a million different stores or baseball glove, right? Like we can think about different things, lots of different things. Like the world was made for right-hand people. Because I'm right-handed, it's hard for me to understand a left-handed person and what a left-handed person goes through. Think about it like this. How many of you guys have desks where it's just like where you sit in it, you slide in it, and it's just like the little like, anyone? Or is it, is it all just, in, it's just the little thing on the side. What side is that on? The right side. So what happens when a left-handed person sits in there and they have to write? They got to like do this whole thing, right? And then they got to like turn their head because the teacher's over there, right? You see what I'm saying? The world's made for right-handed people. Sorry, left-handed people, but that's just how it is, right? We can do work to figure it out and help them, but, but here's the point. The point is, I'm right-handed, so I don't see the world the same as the left-handed person. You guys see how this works? We all have blind spots. We all have things that we're blind to because of the way that we've grown up, because of the groups that we're in. And so our job is to own those blind spots, to own the fact that we have them, to own the fact that we don't see the world as the same as the person sitting next to me. And so we have to do the work to figure out where are my blind spots? We have to ask questions to say, well, well, how do you see the world? How do you see this thing? And instead of becoming this person becoming my enemy, I ask them questions and say, well, well what do you think? And so we own our blind spots. We can't just be quick to assume. Matthew 7 says this. We've read this before. Matthew 7, 3, 3 to 5, it says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a, a log in your own? How can you think of, of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, Jesus says. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Because we have to do the work of taking the log out of ours, of recognizing that that log is there so we can't see the whole perspective. Recognizing that we have blind spots we have a log, and all we want to do is point out the speck. So we have to be humbled enough to know that we have blind spots. And we can't walk into something just thinking and assuming we know what's right. We can't just let our assumptions become, become facts. That's your next fill-in, is that assumptions are not facts. All of us walk into things with assumptions. 
right? We assume things about people. We see someone doing something and we think, oh, we, we, we have an assumption right away. Or we walk into a room and we see a person and we have an assumption about that person. The problem becomes is when, when we cho- choose to turn that assumption into a fact instead of asking questions to figure out if it really is true. We have to ask ourselves, man, what's going on in my heart? Am I assuming things on people who are different than me? Who see the world different than me? Am I assuming things on people who are a different race or have different beliefs or a different age or a different gender than me? Like, what, am, I, am I just assuming these things on people? And we have to ask ourselves that. And then ask the questions of the person to figure it out. We have to be motivated by love so that we can choose to humble ourselves and say these assumptions can be proved wrong. And we have to know that I'm probably not right because I see the world a specific way and that person probably sees it differently. So we've got to humble ourselves and own our blind spots. And then this, this is the last one. It's label as love. Label as love. And here's what I mean by this. That no matter who it is, no matter what they've done, no matter what they believe or what they're about, that first and foremost, they are loved. First and foremost, God loves them. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they believe, no matter what they're about, God loves them. And God says, you are my child. God says, I've created you and created you in my image. And he's created that person in his image. We love to put labels on people, right? Our world loves to put labels on people. We see a person's face up on the news, right? They did something wrong. We see a person's face up on the news and what happens? When that person's face is up on the news, they're talking about what that person did. And all of a sudden, what we think is what we see. We see their face and we associate their face. Their identity is now what they've done. But God says, no, your identity is love. You are loved. You are a child of God. I could label each of you as annoying high school students, dramatic, right? Prideful, walk around with your head high, right? I could label each of you as that. You're not. Some of you are, but, right? I could do that. Man, but, but I choose to walk into each situation. I have, to, I have to work at this. We have to work at this, to choose to walk into each situation, each person, without our assumptions, knowing that that person is a child of God, that that person bears the image of God. That is how we're motivated by love. Second Corinthians, we already read this, but I love what the message paraphrase says. It says this, our firm decision, the decision that we've made is to work from this focus center, is, is, to, is to be focused on this. The decision that we've made is to be focused on this, to look at it this way. One man died for, what does it say? One man died for One man died for everyone. That puts, what does it say? Guys, we got to get better at this. Come on. One man died for everyone. That puts in the same boat. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that 
everyone could be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. It says, what does it say? Everyone. I had you repeat that because it's everyone. Even the person you disagree with. Even the person that that doesn't believe the same things as you or doesn't look like you. Jesus died for everyone. And we should start looking at people first and foremost that Jesus died for them. That they are loved deeply. Matthew 5 says this, you've heard it said, heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says, but, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so he says, look, show the in-group love. Remember the in-groups and out-groups? Show in-group love to your out-group. Choose to be motivated by love. Love those who the world says are supposed to be your enemy. Right? We can hear love your neighbor and we can do all we want to argue with God and say, well, well, God, that person isn't my neighbor because they believe this. God, that person isn't my neighbor because they look like this. God, that person isn't my neighbor because, because they don't actually live next to me. Right? We do all these things to argue with God and say, oh, but, but I don't have to love that person. But what did we just read? Jesus died for everyone. And so we're called to love everyone, just like Jesus loved everyone. We have to choose to be motivated by love, to choose to own our blind spots, and to choose to see people as loved. And so guys, here's the thing. The reason that I wanted to start with this, start this series off with this, is because as we talk about these things, over the next couple weeks, we're going to get more specific into, into specific topics, okay? But, but, but as we talk about these things, I, I want us to know that in everything we talk about and in everything that we do, we're motivated by love. And so if you hear things that you're like, whoa, 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 I don't, I don't agree with that, come and ask a question. Don't step back and say, now you're my enemy because you disagree with me, because I'm not your enemy. I just want to start this conversation. So if you have a question, come ask me. Go ask your small group leader. Ask your small groups. If you don't understand something, come ask. If I offend you, come tell me. Like this is how we fight against the us versus them culture. We choose to walk in love. And we choose to have these conversations. Be motivated by love and confident in truth. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the challenge that you give us. The way that you've challenged us to fight against this culture of of us versus them. This culture that says that, that we can't love and disagree. Jesus, would you help us to choose to walk into conversations with nothing but love. To choose to to let down our assumptions and see them as your image bearers, as child, children of God. Jesus, would you give us a heart, a softened heart to learn from you, to continue to, to ask questions and and figure these things out together. 
Help us to fight against this culture of us versus them together. God, we love you. We praise you. In your name, amen.